1: What's going on everybody? Welcome to the week 10 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Rotogrinders.com. I am Britt Devine uh, here with my good friends. Uh, we've got no costumes this week. I, I'm not a Disney fan. Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't here. We have no bear chests out here. Uh, Tigger, he is he's been put away. It's just Tyler now. Uh, so we're back here for uh, just a kind of a normal week 10. Uh, Scott, how was week nine? I uh, I had myself another week nine. I said, uh, you probably didn't watch on, uh, we have a premium show here, the GPP final takes for our premium members. Um, my my big call on that was uh, I, I was feeding a Christian McCaffrey for Kareem Hunt. I, I call that a wash? Wh- which side of that wins last week? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I actually didn't think Christian McCaffrey was in a great spot, but he ended up seeing more work inside the, the five and 10 yard line than he has all season. But uh, we got to give a shout-out to Tyler, who uh, pretty much crushed every single one of his plays last week.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Congratulations, Tyler. Congratulations, Tyler. Week 9 probably went well for you, then. Uh, (sighs) I did. I had a bunch
3: of uh, really good lineups. Unfortunately, I didn't have all the pieces in the one single lineup.
1: Um, No, if you didn't have Adam Humphreys, you weren't shipping anything last week.
3: Yeah. Humphreys, uh, Heberman was my main guy that I had targeted – pretty heavily um i think he was a great salary saver and uh, a big de- lineup differentiator um cash games were a, a complete walkthrough though they were very easy um tournaments a little bit more difficult um hopefully this week we can get back to winning
1: well i mean it's uh i always tell i do some coaching on the side uh people contact me through roto grinders i always say it's hard to win in dfs but there are a lot of different ways to win in dfs There's there's all different types of ways to play there's all different types of ways to win. Uh, there's all different types of contests. Uh, it's a, it's fun. It's fun to play DFS. So uh, let's uh, let's jump into this, and we're going to switch it up a little bit today. So right before the show, Scott came to me and he said, "Brit, these duds. I wouldn't say we're mailing it in, but we're, we're sick of talking about the duds. So we're we're going to kind of get a little bit more into some value plays this week. Plays we want to play, not plays we want to fade so much this week. So we're going to kind of do it on the fly." Uh, Let's see how this goes. Uh, Let's go to a quarterback at first. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go with our stud. There's really only one stud quarterback this week. It's Patrick Mahomes. He's up up at the top, he's priced higher than everybody else. But it's how do you not play Patrick Mahomes? It's going up against Arizona. Are you worried at all that, man, they're just going to crush Arizona so much and they don't score a lot? Because if you tell me that, I think Patrick Mahomes already has 300 yards and three touchdowns in that way, and he's going to kind of come through for us anyway always tough to pay top dollar for quarterback um but i mean really hard to not play patrick mahomes in, in your tournament exposures
3: yeah i mean i'm gonna let scott go a little bit more in depth on this one but i think we can go back to his college days with that texas tech air raid where he just used to throw the ball the entire game putting up 700 plus passing yards seven touchdowns um I'm going to keep going to Mahomes cuz Mahomes keeps scoring. They've put up 30 plus points in 8 of 9 games so far this season. I don't see that slowing down whatsoever this week here against the Cardinals. Um but a guy that I'm super interested in for tournaments um is Philip Rivers. Uh not mm-hmm. your ideal a payup guy, but I think he's in a really good spot here and I'm super into some Chargers stacks this week given their 30 point total, which is the third highest of the main slate. Uh, He's racked up over 24 DraftKings points in his previous matchup against Oakland. That was in week five, and he's historically dominated this Raiders defense. Uh, This year's defense remains a work in progress. They're allowing a league-high 9.1 yards per attempt, the second-highest QB rating against, and the fifth-most DK points to the position. They've allowed five of their last six opponents to put up at least 20-plus DraftKings points against them, and their defensive line has the third-lowest pressure rate in the league by our metrics. Uh, I think it's going to be a cakewalk matchup here for him, and I just really like the idea of stacking Rivers with
1: either Melvin Gordon and or Keenan Allen, who I think are both in potential blow-up spots this week. Not one, both. you got to stack them with both of them, mix in some other guys. All you have to tell me, Tyler, Nick Mullins uh, threw for (laughs) like three touchdowns against the Raiders. I'm in. I'm in on uh, Phillip Rivers. Our projected ownership's up, too, by the way. I'm looking at all the top guys, Mahomes, Rodgers, Breeze, Ryan, Goff, Brady. You know who's the lowest owned currently of all them? Philip Rivers. Rivers so you're going to have yourself a nice little edge if that works out for you and the ownership kind of sticks uh, Scott you know you want to talk about Mahomes here a little bit too he's 7200 you can make it work this week because um, there's a lot of low tier mid priced running backs I like the mid tier wide receiver too if you want to do Mahomes and you want to use Hill or Kelsey and Hunt you can go nuts with him this week
2: yeah so, so the thing with Mahomes is he's putting together arguably the greatest fantasy season by a quarterback of all time. Uh, by my data, he's had the fourth toughest strength of schedule. He just came off of Cleveland who, uh, up to that point was leading the league in opposing passer rating, uh, schedule adjusted fantasy points per game, big, uh, games against, uh, Denver in Denver, uh, Denver at home, uh, against Jacksonville, arguably the three, uh, best outings an opposing quarterback has put uh, putting up against them. Um, and yeah, so he, he you know, uh, 16.5 point favorites. Is that a concern? I don't know. Vegas is <laughs> saying they're going to put up 33 points either way. And that's three more than the next closest team. Uh, and, you know, Tyler said, yeah, Mahomes is just used to chucking at the ball, but so too is Andy Reid. And now over the past two seasons, when Kansas City has been leading by 20 or more points, uh, I don't know, 14 or more points, uh, they still have a perfectly even uh, pass-to-run ratio, which is uh, which ranks second best to only the, the Packers over this span. So uh, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for points and uh, yeah, I think he's worth paying up
1: for. Yeah, if, they're, if they win this game by 2030, it's because Patrick Mahomes, he might not have 375 yards, but he'll probably hit the 300, toss three or four touchdowns on the way before the uh, the backups come in there, so I like Mahomes. You can actually make it work this week uh, on DraftKings specifically. Uh, a couple of value plays. Uh, I like both of these calls, Tyler. You've got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's over on FanDuel. You've got him uh, selected. I don't mind him on DraftKings at $5,900. I think that's fine. Just $100, $100 less, though, than your boy Philip Rivers. I think you would probably take Rivers. you got Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's cheap, too. I want to throw in uh, Marcus Mariota, who's $4,700 uh, on DraftKings this week. And that really lets you do a lot of creative stuff with your lineups. Uh, I think the value quarterback tier is also very strong.
3: Yeah, I I just love Fitzpatrick. I mean, we keep going back to the well with the show on with Tampa Bay quarterbacks because it keeps working. Um, they have a non-existent running game, a decimated secondary, and game script continues to favor Fitzpatrick in this Buccaneers passing attack. Uh, by now, you've already heard all the crazy pace statistics we've talked about with Fitzpatrick and Winston. So I'll just get right to the matchup here with Washington. Uh, it's not one we typically target. They rank towards the middle of the pack in most passing statistics. Excuse me, statistics and boast a top 10 coverage secondary per graded metrics. Uh, that being said, they've allowed four of the last five quarterbacks they face to hang 20 plus DK points on them. Uh, Matt Ryan just had a huge outing, 350 yards, four touchdowns last week. Uh, middle of the road matchup, like I said, but the combination of the Buccaneers' pass heavy approach, where they're top six in pass play percentage. And the uptick in pace of play makes Fitzpatrick a desirable DFS
1: play this week. Yeah, you got all the all those injuries on the Washington offensive line too. Theoretically, those are like yep. some three and outs, just more scoring opportunity. I'm, I'm definitely on board Fitzpatrick this
3: week. Yeah, I think their Washington game is really going to struggle running. Uh, so I think they're going to have to do a lot of passing. Um, the Bucks already average a league high 136.8 combined snaps with their opponents over the past month. Um, with all those weaknesses and injuries down on that Washington offensive line, I think we could see that be elevating this week. Um, yeah, the, 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 this game's one that you should definitely target. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's definitely a
1: guy for cash or tournaments. What about Baker? Uh, Baker's a guy I like too. You got to think they're going to be passing a little bit this week too. Um, hasn't really come through with a huge game yet. Um, Jarvis Landry, uh, I know Scott's put some interesting things on Twitter about Jarvis Landry this week. Eventually he. You know, I think he's probably going to break through at some point. Just hasn't really worked. And Joku, there's just not a lot really going on. Duke Johnson finally came through. Um, Baker looks pretty reasonable on DK this week as well.
3: Yeah, I agree. He draws a banged up Falcons team here. That's allowed the third most passing touchdowns, seventh most passing yards, and third most fantasy points to the quarterback position. Every quarterback they faced, not named Nick Foles has scored 20 plus DK points. So I think this is a great bounce back spot here for Mayfield. He's actually coming off a really good game. Um, with Freddie Kitchens calling plays, Baker's coming off one of his best games of his young career, second highest yardage total, second highest completion percentage. I think we could see that continue here against
1: this Falcons secondary. Yeah, pro- projected ownership uh, currently sitting pretty low on him as well. Uh, Scott, I want to highlight. This is probably a guy I like quite a bit. He's just too cheap. When you're able to get Jared Goff for 6,100, he's Mahomes of the on the West Coast, right? It's the 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 best offense. Is it the Chiefs? Is it the Rams? I think it's kind of a toss up. They're clearly the best two. You get them at 6,100. Gurley's not going to get all the touchdowns. And I know the Seattle defense, right? It looks good. Um, Go look at their schedule and see who they faced other than Goff and Rivers. It's just the, it's just complete trash of quarterbacks that they face this year. I'm not buying the Seattle defense at all. I think Goff and the Rams kind of go nuts this week at home.
2: Yeah. You, you kind of made my argument for me. Uh, Great, great points. Uh, I actually think I like Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit more. Uh, Tyler just had him in the sheet first, but uh, it's definitely close, and especially, especially so on DraftKings. Um, uh, yeah, you know the, the the narrative right now is is just that you know Goff is only playable in games where his opposition can keep things close. But if you look back at it over the past two years, that's that's not really entirely true. Uh, I mean, it's definitely. Better when, uh, you know, like last week against the Saints, they put up 35 points. The week before, the Packers put up 27. But still, I mean, Goff is second in the league in passing yards. Um, he's one of only three quarterbacks with 20 touchdowns, and you know, he's definitely not priced like it. So I, I think he's an uh, easy top value play on DraftKings this week.
1: Yeah, I like that quite a bit. I want to throw, uh, so we're going to get rid of the duds here. I'm going to throw some names at the wall and see what sticks here. Um, I mentioned Marcus Mariota. Why is Marcus Mariota 4,700? He came off the bye. It looks like the offense is clicking. Tyler, I'll go to you first. They, they give Deion Lewis more snaps, clearly over Derrick Henry. They fi- wow. Took him this long to figure it out. That's crazy. Corey Davis, you got to figure um, Bill Belichick's going to try to take away Corey Davis. So maybe there's not a lot of other passing options out there. But Deion Lewis, you got the wheels, He's going to be chucking the ball here. He's 4,700. You got any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely
3: a great way to save salary this week. Um, quarterback pricing on DK has just been so soft,
1: though. I don't know if you need to go down here. Like, I mean, He's 100 more than Brock Osweiler. He's less expensive than Josh Rosen. Yeah, but, I mean, like, last week was his
3: first good week in, like, five games. Um, and that was on Monday Night Football, which is why his price is so low. Um, I don't know. There's... Honestly, I don't see a need to go down here. But if you want to, I wouldn't fault anybody for it. Like he's got rushing upside, um, likely trailing, going to be throwing a ton. Uh, if Corey Davis is occupied, we could see a ton of Dion Lewis checkdowns. Uh, I get it. I totally do.
1: Scott, you, you, I, I'm on Mariota. I like him in tournaments a little bit this week. What are, what's your thoughts?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really on it, but I mean, he does have 17 rushing attempts uh, over the past two game, uh two weeks, two games. And, uh, you know, by my data, he's had one of the toughest uh, quarterback schedules. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, New England's definitely not anyone we should, we should fear. Um, I, I liked your Baker call a little bit more. Uh, he had what was arguably his best passing day last week with uh, the new offensive coordinator. Um, also he's up against a pass funnel defense in the Atlanta Falcons uh, they rank fourth worst in points allowed per drive, fifth worst in opposing pass rating. And 74% of their total yards have come through the air. That's that's the third most. Uh, it's a good matchup for Jarvis Landry, a guy who's had plenty of them, but, you know, makes sense.
1: Um, all right, let's go to uh, Scott's actual opportunity article that he writes at PFF every week. Uh, I've got it pulled up uh, if you want to queue up the screen share. Uh it's pretty big here. Is there any specific player you want to point out? It looks like Melvin Gordon is kind of leading this off. I know Tyler wants to talk about him a little bit. So if you don't want to talk about him, uh, is there any other player that you found this week uh, that you're really keying in on based on your research?
2: Uh, well, just with Melvin Gordon, he's been insanely efficient this year. Uh, too much so. Basically, he scored ten touchdowns, uh, but he totals only eight opportunities inside the ten yard line. That's wildly unsustainable, uh, and, you know, that's going to regress moving forward. But at the same time, uh, he's a bell cow running back he, who who dominates uh, market share inside the 10-yard line, inside the 20, 30-yard lines. So, uh, you know, all, all that means is, you know, less efficiency but more volume, so it's going to offset there. Uh, just note that he has been extremely good this year. Um, uh, on top of that, uh, I wrote up Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis – Michael Crabtree is positive regression candidates. Uh, Corey Davis is a top five wide receiver in terms of market share. The problem is Tennessee just doesn't throw the ball that much, uh, but maybe they do that this week. I also wrote up uh, Dion Lewis. I, I forget if I have him on the sheet or if Tyler grabbed him, but uh, I think he's the the chalk this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, this is the spot to play him. You, you got to get pumped if you're an Aaron Jones owner. Finally, it's, it's this week, seriously, this week
1: three uh, fumbles in the first quarter
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't you put that evil on me Ricky Bobby <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do like Aaron Jones Duke Johnson uh Maurice Harris Josh Gordon Larry Fitzgerald uh really I, I focused on a lot of guys that um you know also have good matchups where the usage is super relevant then at the end of the article that I know uh you know, Britt's always like done re- reading halfway through, so he never sees. But uh, uh, on FanDuel, James White's a top value, followed by Fitzgerald, followed by Jarvis Landry. And and uh, yeah, I, I support that.
1: You like White even with Michelle back, possibly Gronk. If Gronk comes back, do you think White's going to be able to keep it up? I mean, he's just
2: seen ridiculous usage. He, he left some time uh, in last week's game due to an injury, but uh, outside of that, he led the team in targets every. Uh, week but one um, you know he's not he's still seeing he's so great you know usage uh, as a receiver with like a bonus like 10 rushing attempts with the occasional work inside the 10-yard line Uh, so even before Sonny Michelle's absence I had him as a top six running back in terms of usage so uh, just like him just like him a lot I think he's uh, a strong play
1: yeah. Um, yeah. If you got the PFF subscription, I think the edge gets you all the Scott stuff. It'll get you some of the other stuff we talk about as well. I think it's just 40 bucks for a year. Um, got to have it in my opinion. Uh, things I look at every single week uh, when I play DFS. Uh, let's get to running backs now. Uh, let's uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. You've sat it out a little bit and we got Melvin Gordon here. So he's going up. You know, Scott says, oh, he's just too efficient. and I, And I get that too. But it doesn't matter, right? Like he's going up against Oakland this week, and nothing matters when you face the Raiders. Um, Melvin Gordon, he gives you a little bit of a discount over Todd Gurley. Maybe get you a stud receiver. Maybe get you Patrick Mahomes instead of Jared Goff. I think it's interesting way uh, to go about your lineups this week. You actually you don't have to jam in Gurley. There's just so many good other running backs this week. Um, I don't know if I'm. I haven't actually had a chance to make my uh, shell cash team yet. It's Wednesday. It's early i probably change it up anyway. Um, But Melvin Gordon looks like a uh, pretty good shot to make it this week.
3: Yeah, it's a really interesting week. Um, There's a ton of really good teams on the slate, and there's six games slated for 50-plus points. Uh, I think if you can narrow in on which bell cow backs you think are going to hit that 25-plus, 30-point outcome, um, you could be on your way to a really good, profitable week. And honestly, I've started every week this year with Melvin Gordon in my cash lineup um it's been a very profitable one so far and i'm going to keep doing it he's an absolute must play for me given his touches touchdown equity and his role within this offense and the raiders matchup is just gravy um averaging nearly 22 opportunities per game that's carries plus targets leads the chargers in red zone targets and red zone carries he's reached the end zone 10 times in seven games oakland's allowing the most rushing yards per game they've allowed nine backs to eclipse 80 plus yards from scrimmage against them including gordon back in week four where he put up 22 DK points. They're 10-point favorites. I think we're going to see plenty of rushing, plenty of receiving production, and I'm going to have a lot of cash and tournament exposure here.
1: Yeah, um, Raiders 25th in DVOA rush, uh, dead last in DVOA against pass-catching running backs, and they also allow the seventh-highest yards per attempt on pass routes to running backs. And uh, Mullins can go nuts and put up like a bajillion points. Call me crazy, the, uh, the Chargers they didn't charge themselves in a couple games earlier this year they could be undefeated pretty easily in my opinion so um I, I think they're a really good team uh, I like Melvin Gordon for four hundred dollar difference on DraftKings Scott over Todd Gurley what say you that's 400 I don't know if that's enough now that I look at it
2: I don't, I don't know it's tough I uh, you know Todd Gurley has only ever disappointed us once uh this season 20 he,
1: fantasy points ooh I,
2: Exactly, and I think that the best game of his career came against Seattle last year, right? Um, but you know, Oakland is just uh, the premier run funnel in the NFL. The, the uh, they're giving up the most points per drive, uh, and then sixty-five percent of their total yardage has come on the ground. That's uh, that ranks fifth most. Uh, so that's really the the defense you want to attack with the the running game. Uh, but they also, you know, are really bad through the air by opposing passer Ooh. rating. Um, yeah, it's a tough call. Uh, I, I'll have to see how lineups shake out this week. I also like Kareem Hunt quite a bit. Yep. And uh, the guy I wrote up is Kareem Hunt. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, that'd be why you like him, probably. <laughs> yeah. so he's he's 8,500. Like he, the first couple of weeks. Remember, we were all fretting about Kareem Hunt, and that is that is a. It's like I'm old enough to remember when we were scared about Kareem Hunt. Uh, if I was on Twitter or something like that. And it's just uh, Arizona, huge home favorite. That's what you look for. If we're not worried about Patrick Mahomes, you certainly can't be worried about Kareem Hunt. I'm not going through.
2: No, definitely not. I, like, like I said, uh, Andy Reid likes to pass the ball, really regardless of how many points he's leading by. But, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt has been dominating usage near the end zone uh, over the past, I guess, since like week three. Uh, he's also seen... Uh, six targets in three of his last four games. So heavy involvement there as well. And and really it's a a very similar matchup to the one he had last week where he totaled, what, 140 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. Um, So Arizona uh, is giving up the fourth most rushing yards. They're also giving up the uh, most rushing fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. Uh, So just a lot of things. Uh, makes sense for Hunt this week. And, you know, you, the question you posed to me was Gurley 400 more than Melvin Gordon, who yeah. you take. And maybe the answer is just Kareem Hunt, who's, what is he, like 900 cheaper?
1: Yeah, 8500. All, all the prices are, they're finally where they should be. I, I still think Gurley should be about 10,000. Gordon's price, easily the highest of the year. Hunt's price, the highest of the year. We got Kamara priced up. Um, Joe Mixon, 7,700. I know it's the Saints, but I think Mixon could be really involved in the passing game there. You got your boy, James White. You could play. You can convince me. David Johnson's a reasonable play. Running back is loaded this week, so let's talk about a couple other plays. Uh, so Tyler, chasing in DFS. If we did this. This was we chased with Jermaine Curse, and uh, a couple weeks ago, that did not work out for us. When you try to chase in DFS, sometimes it just doesn't work out. So we've got the the nut matchup of all matchups for Duke Johnson. I don't think it's chasing. I don't think you think it's chasing. Um, simply because 4800 the price, it's, it just didn't adjust enough for the matchup. But the new coach, everything else that's new that's going on in Cleveland.
3: Yeah, and you nailed it there. It's the salary that makes Duke such a strong play. Uh, it's the all-world matchup here against the Falcons, the Falcons, who have notoriously given up the most receiving work to opposing backs over, under the uh, Dan Quinn era. His price combined with the assurance of usage after last week. I think we could see Duke become the chalk play by the time Sunday rolls around with the highest ownership among all backs. Um, interesting tidbit I found when digging into Baker earlier. Um, Baker Mayfield throws over a third of his dropbacks to the short right area of the field, like between 0 to 15 yards, by far that's his most targeted area when dropping back to pass. The Falcons have given up the third highest QB rating to targets in that area, a 110 QB rating. Um, both of Duke Johnson's touchdowns came from that area last week, and I'm going to call it again that Duke Johnson scores another touchdown from a short right outlet pass. Uh here again in week 10.
1: Scott, pull up your little uh, directional model you do with uh, beers over there, and we'll, we'll see what pulls up on Duke Johnson. Are <laughs> uh, you, you on board with Duke Johnson here? I mean, you're, you're paying 4700 for a running back who got one carry last week. Things like that can be dangerous. Do you think, is he cash playable? I would much rather play Deion Lewis in a cash game, and I will also play both of them, Deion Lewis and Duke Johnson, on the same lineup in tournaments to kind of uh, differentiate myself.
2: Yeah, so he's, he's absolutely in play. I don't think it's any coincidence that the week he saw his best usage was the week uh, running, running backs coach uh, Freddie Kitchens took over as offensive coordinator. Uh, Chiefs, uh, they came into last week giving up the second most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, get, and now he gets the Falcons, who ranked uh, bottom two in each of the last three seasons. But, yeah, Deion Lewis, I think, is the guy who's going to be the chalk um it wouldn't surprise me if Duke is is right behind him um so basically uh you know I've been hammering this since like week two that Deion Lewis is uh the lead back you know he's he's definitely the team's primary scat back uh passing down running back but he's also the lead back but that has he's
1: their best offensive player I don't think it's really a question
2: Right. And, and, but it, it it's not it's never been more evident than it than it was last week that he's not just the lead back, but it's like, you know, <laughs> Derek Henry's a backup at this point. Uh, he out snapped him 59 to 14, out carried him 19 to six, out targeted him four to two. And that's a game with game script that should have benefited. Henry is 14, a uh, 14 point victory uh now what does he get he gets uh, a game they're gonna trail for probably the entirety of the game against the patriots the patriots also ranked bottom three in receiving fantasy points per game allowed to opposing running backs that's for the second year in a row uh so really matchup almost just as good as it is for duke johnson way more guaranteed volume especially on the ground um similar price tag uh so yeah great play
1: so. Yeah, uh, Deion Lewis, um, cash play, Duke Johnson to me, tournament play, do not play. Uh, I, w- I would not recommend playing Duke Johnson on your cash teams this early. I think
2: he's a cash play. I like him.
1: I, I, w- I would much rather play Dion Lewis. You forgot the most important part, revenge against Bill Belichick. Oh, right. I, 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 forgot the, it. That's oh. the second time I have it written down, but I, but I miss it. You're we'll right. talk about some other revenge at another position as well. Uh, Let's get to, uh, I don't know, we covered our value players. There's a lot of other good running backs. I'm going to throw some names at the wall. Let's see here what sticks. Uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, enter Seattle running back, whether it's Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Uh, anyone have a strong take on either one of them against the Rams Davis PPR running back out of nowhere last week. Uh, How about you, Tyler?
3: Yeah. I mean, we saw Chris Carson was banged up with that hip injury. It returned last week. He was very questionable up until game time. Uh, They they ended up pulling him early in the game. Mike Davis came in, took over. Uh, I think Mike Davis is squarely in play this week. Um, Not a bad matchup here against the Rams who we've uh, had some some success on running against. Um, Enter Jets,
1: insert Jets running back. Anyone have a strong take on Crowell or uh, Elijah McGuire?
2: Yeah, I I think it's Crowell. Um, I, I, I looked at um, usage when the game was within three points and uh, Crowell really dominated usage there. So even though Elijah um, uh, saw more snaps, I I think uh, this week's game sets it better for Crowell.
1: Uh, Scott, give me what you got on Aaron Jones.
2: Um, Yeah. So this is finally the week. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So we know he's one of the most efficient running backs in the league. Uh, leads and yards for carry over the past two seasons, but he's finally seen good usage over the past two weeks, 60% of snaps, 67% of carries, 56% of the targets. Uh, That's despite poor game script in both games. They've only led on 15% of their plays over that span. That's with Ty Montgomery active for one of those weeks. Guess what happens this week? He's 10-point favorites, so good game script up against the Dolphins, who are giving up the most rushing yards to opposing running backs. Just a a great spot. Uh, Uh,
1: Try and play him. Tyler, I got one more name at running back. Uh, Mark Ingram. I think this game suits Mark Ingram a little bit better than last week's game uh, where it was Alvin Kamara show. Uh, Ingram, 4,500. I didn't play him too much last week. Uh, He is much more interesting to me this week.
3: I want a full fade with him last week because I was all about Kamara. This one, I I don't know, man. Uh, His price is way too cheap here. I haven't really dug into Kamara. I'm a little bit behind on my research this week. Uh, with election day on yesterday, but uh I, you got to look into Ingram a bit more at this price. Yeah. Uh, so what do you got, Scott? Yeah.
2: So, so he jumped off the page to me because I know he exited last week's game with a forearm injury, but then I, you know, I just like looked into his snaps during the game and he like missed like four plays maybe. So it, it wasn't that it, he's just seeing like really disappointing usage. Uh, You know, one a Kamara one B him, but it's, it's a pretty big gap at this point uh still the matchup's great um you know I, I don't think if they wanted to give uh uh Kamara a little bit of a breather I, I think they could I think I think they absolutely smash in this game uh, and he's just way too cheap so he's definitely uh, uh in play in tournaments
1: yeah I'd much rather play the Deion Lewis the Duke Johnson but uh don't sleep on Ingram this week in my opinion right uh, all right before we get to running backs let's talk about a couple other cool articles. Uh, going on at Pro Football Focus. Uh, Tyler, I've got the Snaps uh, and Pace article by Pat Thorman, Uh, a must read every week. We talk about it over and over again. Uh, What do we got going on in here? looks like Pat uh, has a couple of fun notes. Uh, The Pace, I don't even know if Pace can help Alex Smith and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't even know if those two forces combined are enough to make Alex Smith a play. Uh, Do you see anything in this game? Do you see any Redskins that are attractive in this game and from a DFS perspective? Um, I, I'm all about your Fitzpatrick and all about the Buccaneers more so than I am the Redskins.
3: Yeah, the one stat that uh, Pat really had that highlighted out to me was that over the last month, um, the Buccaneers have the highest combined snaps with their opponents. So they're playing; they're running a ton of plays with them and their opponents, uh, mostly because um, the Buccaneers are being forced to pass so often. Um I think we're going to see Washington pass a ton as well because of that offensive line. Like we mentioned earlier, Uh, I think we could see an elevated passing game here. Um, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, our team we've targeted with tight ends in the past. Maybe this is the week we start seeing Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis get more heavily involved. Um, The matchup is right there for it. That's how I'm leaning with this
1: Reed's Interesting. So he suffered a a setback. He was limited at practice. Jordan Reed, sit down, Vernon Davis, cheap tight end week. I need this to happen this week. So Jordan Reed, get hurt. That's cool. We know you were going to take a couple games off this year and get hurt. Let it be this week. I want to play Vernon Davis for cheap. Um, What else? Any, let's scroll down to a couple of the games. He's targeting for slow pace. It's got the Seahawks Rams in here. You know the Seahawks. What do they want to do? They just want to run and run and run. I don't know if they're going to be able to this week. I actually like Russell Wilson. I think they're going to try to run a little bit, Tyler, but they're going to fall behind quickly. And I think even Pete Carroll knows when you're down 21 to nothing, you can't just run the ball anymore, and you're going to have to let Russell second half Russell Wilson, efficient Russell Wilson, healthy Russell Wilson go nuts. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I like Russell Wilson a little bit too
3: much. No, I'm with you there. He's one of like the five quarterbacks I have currently in my player pool. Uh, I think he's a sneaky GBP option this week. Um, could be throwing a ton as a trail. Uh, we saw that he's having like some crazy historic uh, touchdown pass percentage right now. Uh, I think it's going to continue here against the Rams. I mean, Their secondary has been dreadful. Uh, We've seen big plays happen time and time again. Tyler Lockett's a guy that we could definitely uh, dial up here. And I think David Moore is another guy who, I mean, he had two touchdowns three weeks ago, one touchdown the week before, and then he dropped two end zone targets last week. Uh, David Moore is a good punt play, in my opinion, and uh, a guy I think you could uh, go to this week.
1: Yeah, if you're just looking for some uh, fun articles to read, you got to read Pat's article. Uh, If you don't have access to fancy algorithms and uh, all these huge databases that crunch all these things for you together, um, you're more of a field player. This kind of helps you put it all together when you're making your lineup. So uh, go check it out uh, with the PFF Edge uh, subscription. Uh, Wide receivers. Uh, Scott, so here's my problem this week, Scott, is I don't like any of the high-priced wide receivers I don't like a single one I can go down I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you my arbitrary quick analysis Julio Julio Jones might be my favorite one Um, Michael Thomas I don't know it's outdoors I think New Orleans pounds the ball in this game and wins that way Devontae Adams really tough matchup in my opinion Um, AJ Green's out Tyler Boyd probably too expensive but maybe not Tyreek Hill theoretical tough matchup Keenan Allen's probably my favorite of the high priced wide receivers on the main slate. He's just 7,100. But if I had to, if I'm paying up for somebody, it's probably Julio. But other than that, I don't know. I'm kind of put off uh, by a lot of these uh, high priced wide receivers this week. Uh, what do you see?
2: Yeah. So I think Julio is definitely very in play. Uh, I wrote up uh, Devonta Adams initially and, um, I love, I, I really like him, but I just don't have a compelling argument uh, outside of
1: he's good. It's an MVS week I- for me, for sure.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I like MVS too. Um, but I, I ended up changing it and writing up. Um, uh, who did I write up? Uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, just because I, I do have a, I think compelling argument on him. So he ranks 14th among wide receivers and fantasy points. Um, so for this slate, he's actually about appropriately priced based on that. Uh, and despite ranking 20th in targets, but, you know, now should see more targets. A.J. Green's out. That's 9.5 targets per game. Uh, the And typically when, like, a wide receiver one's out, it doesn't necessarily mean we should be upgrading the wide receiver two because that could just mean more defensive pressure. But that's not the case here because Tyler Boyd runs 73% of his routes from the slot. This is a great slot matchup. Saints are giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. And Boyd has done a really good job of making the most of his best matchups. He averages uh, 25 fantasy points per game against defenses ranking bottom five and fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. That's three games. And uh, 24 uh, fantasy points per game in the four games against defenses ranking bottom 10. And all other games averages only 11.4 fantasy points per game.
1: Uh, Andy Dalton still got a chuck if we're not playing Boyd who are we pl- are we playing Ross we playing in Erickson we play in Uzoma we play in Mixon where, where's if we're not you know paying up for Boyd where else are we going on the Cincinnati offense
2: uh, I like Joe Mixon a lot I think uh, the team leans on him a little bit more uh, with with Green out uh, so I think he makes a lot of sense he was already seeing uh, extreme bell cow usage um, those are probably the the only two guys I'd say uh, remember, the Saints are really good against uh, opposing tight ends, so I wouldn't get Q with C.J. Uzoma. John Ross hasn't done enough to, to really impress me.
1: All right, Tyler. You talked about Phillip Rivers. You got to like his main target, Keenan Allen. Uh, probably had his best game of the season, I would think, uh, last week. Most people would say I think he had a good week one, too. It's the Raiders. Doesn't really get much easier than this. Uh, he's just 7,100 and... I don't know. I'm just, I'm not thrilled with the top tier outside of probably Julio. Uh, I think Keenan Allen, uh, find a way to anchor your rosters. this week.
3: Yeah. And I think he's going to go a bit lower owned than most of those top plays that you reviewed earlier. I think early ownership could see like the Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, soaking up most of the high spenders ownership. Um, So I think the pivot here to Allen makes a ton of sense. He runs over 50% of his routes from the slot where he'll draw a great one-on-one matchup here against slot corner Leon Hall. Hall has allowed the fourth most receiving yardage while operating out of the slot, third most yards after the catch. Allen is a player who's historically heated up as the year goes on, and I'm kind of expecting that to continue uh, starting this week. He's coming off a 10-target game last week, and he's gone for eight for 90 and nine for 133-1 and in his two previous games against Oakland. Um, Despite the big plays from Tyrell and Mike Williams, Allen still leads the squad in air yards, um, but he – trounces the field with a 28 percent target share which is the top 10 rate in the league so i think you see in the volume we
1: want and i like the matchup here uh l- let's talk about the other revenge so we have dion lewis revenge let's talk about bill belichick revenge on malcolm butler and we're going to do this with josh gordon this sounds like a bill belichickian thing that he's going to do this week he's just gonna he's gonna he benched malcolm butler out of nowhere we never even got to the bottom of that did we it's still like a mystery what happened there and he's just going to be like. Josh Gordon, go pull some double-triple moves on Malcolm Butler, leave him in the dust, and we're going to get you, like, three touchdowns this
3: week. That's almost verbatim, my notes right there. <laughs> like, I opened Twitter on Monday morning, like, after that Monday night football game, or on, I guess it was Tuesday morning, and uh, every tweet was in reference to how Malcolm Butler has allowed the most receptions, the most receiving yards, the most receiving touchdowns to opposing wideouts. If there's one team that knows just how bad Butler is, it's the one that benched him prior to the Super Bowl and let him walk for a big payday elsewhere, uh, six to midnight. How excited I am for Belichick. He's going to scheme a ton of double moves here against Josh with Josh Gordon's four, three speed. Um, going to make Butler look even worse than he did on national television. Uh, Gordon's also seeing plenty of good volume here, 10, six, seven, and nine targets over his past four outings certainly can be used in, uh, tournaments. Um, I think he could set season highs across the board as well.
1: Yeah, Gronk's not 100%. They're clear. I think they're really trying to limit him. Even if he plays, I don't really see Gronk being much of it in game plans throughout. Um, unless they have like a really tough game or something like that. I think they can win this pretty easily. Butler, uh, they're Titans 31st in DVOA against the team's number one wide receiver. And uh, according to PFF grades, he's 98th out of 111 quarterbacks. that's probably doing him a a little bit of a favor, grading him 98th out of 111 from what I saw in his last game. Um, But, yeah, Josh Gordon, 6,000, just too cheap the mid-tier. I I like the mid-tier quite a bit, Scott. There's a couple other guys in here. Uh, You want to talk about Larry Fitzgerald. I love Larry Fitzgerald. You know, you got Cooper Cup. You know, pick your Rams wide receiver I think is pretty good. Your boy Jarvis Landry that you're always trying to talk up. I think this is a pretty good matchup for him. No, no,
2: I'm, I'm not trying to talk him up. I, not anymore. To, you're, you
1: d- you're, you're done with Jarvis Landry's in the trash bin? No, I, I'm,
2: I mean, he's still in play, but he, it's the same thing he's been every week. Just, you know, I'll begrudgingly talk him up because he has an amazing matchup and he's yeah. seeing elite wide receiver one usage. But yeah, I definitely pump the brakes on a guy who, who just hasn't uh, been doing it. I also love Josh Gordon. I was on another podcast yesterday and I I was supposed to give a bold call and my bold call was Gordon's going to have the best game he's had since 2013 and Malcolm Butler is going to get uh benched halfway through the game uh, and I, <laughs> I think-
1: don't want him benched halfway he's got to play the whole game yeah we wanted to play in all four quarters <laughs> <laughs> we want him all four quarters um so like I like the mid-tier Scott more yeah. than the high tier I like I love Larry Fitzgerald I'm
2: with you yeah
1: I liked him uh his last week and I like him this week I like guys uh I mean I could take a look here hold on um Marquez Valdez Scantling's five thousand Yeah, we've got, uh, I would have liked Doug Baldwin, but he he had an issue today. So I'm going to pause on that and reevaluate that later in the week. Uh, Calvin Ridley's 5,900. I think that's interesting. You got your Rams receivers. This mid tier is much more interesting to me than the top. Yeah, Corey's cheap. Uh, Sammy Watkins,
2: uh, well, he's kind of hurt now, but he's interesting. If if you think Patrick Peterson shadows Tyreek, you know, the Detroit wide receivers, the Rams wide receivers, they're all still uh, a little too cheap, I think um yeah read,
1: I'm, Corey I'm, davis is 4500 the only I,
2: know. I, 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 I here's that belichick fine.
1: is going to erase him from the game that's this is my one fear
2: i no, i think they just stick stefan gilmore on him but you know gilmore is a great cornerback so um like who do you erase on the opposition like is it even Corey? uh because he's been pretty easily erasable um I don't know what New England does, but still at forty five hundred based on the target market share he's seeing, um, you still need tournament exposure to him, and, and I'm going to have it. But, uh, but yeah,
1: uh, Tyler, back to wide receiver, a couple value plays. Uh, this was this was a, a Scott play, uh, Maurice Harris, right? Scott, we 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 should have all done instead of DJ Moore and Traquan Smith <laughs> and Cortland Sutton, we all should have played Maurice Harris last week, right? And now now are we chasing it? No, so definitely you shouldn't have played him last week, but he does make a lot of sense this week.
3: In, uh
2: well, I'll let Tyler
3: explain. Yeah, I mean, we want to target the slot against Tampa Bay. It's that simple. Yep. Uh, Harris is running 77% of his routes there. Slot cornerback MJ Stewart remains a player for us to go at each and every week. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of short
1: passing here with this offensive line in jeopardy. Um, you got your boy David Moore down here, 3,900 as well. You can play him as a swerve off of that. I think there's some pretty good value plays. Anyone else have uh, uh, a couple other value plays out there? I see, uh, Tyler, you want to talk about uh, Golden Tate on Yahoo. He's like 14 bucks or something like that. He's, he's dirt yeah. cheap over there. Like 14 or 16 bucks, something crazy cheap. Um, he went for eight catches,
3: 132 yards, and two scores against Dallas in week four. Now he gets to play them two more times as an eagle. Uh, I really like this matchup for Golden Tate on Yahoo. Uh, but he's off the main slate. That's the Sunday night football mm-hmm. game. Okay. Uh, another cheap guy though is Danny Amendola I think they're going to be trailing a lot against the Packers really like to see him catch a, a lot of targets underneath
1: um yeah about the only guy can catch those Brock Osweiler Ducks is Danny, Danny Amendola on his five-yard route uh Scott I didn't give you any time to talk about Larry Fitzgerald I love this matchup for him he the Cardinals are going to have to throw he's the number one wide receiver again he's healthy he's off uh he's not is he off a of bye this week Yep, I think so Yeah, so he's off the bye. I mean, this is just going to be – this is Larry Fitzgerald coming in, and it looks like he's going to be Larry Fitzgerald for the rest of the the season, close it out. I hope so. That's it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, man, I I don't know what to say. (laughs) He's just way too cheap on FanDuel. He's seeing uh, – so over the last four weeks of the season, he ranks seventh among wide receivers and expected fantasy points per game. Uh, just way too cheap in a game uh, there's 16.5 point underdogs and we'll need to go pass heavy
1: uh, all right Tyler I'm going to give you two names real quick before we talk about tight end uh, these are tight ends you got to tell me which one you want to play you want to play Rob Gronkowski this week if he suits up or you want to play O.J. Howard O.J. Howard Tyler or uh, Scott um uh, I don't know pass I'm sorry that's easy. I'm going to take OJ Howard on that one as well. I think. Uh, but anyway, Tyler, let's talk about you know studs. We got tight ends. You got Travis Kelsey. You got Sammy Watkins out. That's going to put Hill in in his tough matchup. You're going to have Travis Kelsey like a hundred hundred yards and a touchdown. Seems like a foregone conclusion for Travis Kelsey this week. Yeah, I mean, it's so
3: hard to talk about tight ends because like I feel like we're always talking about Travis Kelsey each and every week because he's just dominating the position. A 25% target share in this offense. He has nine or more targets in all but two games this season. Uh, He's got a fantastic ceiling, fantastic floor. Uh, I'm not worried about this matchup against the Cardinals, who are bottom 10 in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns allowed to opposing tight ends, just because Kelsey's volume negates all that. Uh, The only reason not to pay up for Kelsey is if you think he doesn't get into the end zone, and that kind of makes sense this week. Uh, So Arizona ranks bottom 12 in red zone trips allowed. They rank in the middle of the pack in terms of red zone touchdown percentage, so the
1: pace is so slow for Arizona,
3: yeah, and they haven't allowed a tight end to score since week two uh so that being said, i mean the uh chiefs are still implied for thirty three points they're gonna score, and Kelsey's likely gonna hit uh one of those red zone targets where he leads the team in red zone
1: targets um i pulled I, up I pulled up the cardinals schedule to see what kind of tight ends they've faced here. Let me see here. They did face Kittle, Kittle twice. Um, they didn't allow him into there. They faced your boy Hewerman, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if that worked out. But I don't know. I think Kelsey Kelsey's going to be able to overcome this, correct, Scott? Oh, Scott just took everything off there on that sneeze. <laughs> Kelsey this week, Scott, I, I have you recovered? Uh,
2: yeah, it's just, <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I, I do think Patrick Peterson shadows Tyreek Hill. I don't know what our wide receiver versus cornerback chart says or what, what Tyler thinks, but I think that does happen, uh, and now Sammy Watkins is banged up, and it's just a, a, an absolutely brutal season for the tight end position. It's a brutal slate for the tight end position. Um, I, I really think
1: Kelsey's just worth paying out for. There's like five tight ends I'm gonna have in my player pool this week. I think for like 400 tournament lineups that I make. It's just... Or
2: you could just, you know, like why waste your time and just play Travis Kelsey? Just lock him just, in. That's that, what I think I'm doing.
1: That's I don't know. That's when I play so many teams, I don't want to be that much. But I don't know. I don't know if he'll be one of my. He'll certainly be like a top three highest on tight end. But it's right. really it's really hard for me to pass on all those really good running backs. They're just so consistent. Anyway, uh, Tyler, uh, what do you got for some value? I'm looking at. I think OJ Howard is fine. He he's been doing pretty good. I don't mind Jimmy Graham. If Jordan Reed's out, Vernon Davis is gonna be super chalky. I don't mind going back to Njoku. I think he's gonna have a a pretty good game here against Atlanta. And forty two hundred, I don't know. But that, that seems pretty good. Forty two hundred for Njoku on DraftKings, that seems pretty good this
3: week. Yeah, and he's just as good a bargain on Fandle as well. Um Atlanta has allowed 60 yards and or a touchdown to five of their eight opponents so far. Quality floor right there for cash games. The Joku trails only Kyle Rudolph on routes run. Um, he's seeing an 18% target share, which is top, tied for top six in the league. As long as these sides keep pricing the Joku down, I think we can keep going back to him. He's got 100-yard multi-touchdown upside like O.J. Howard. Uh, he just hasn't seen it yet. Um, perhaps this matchup here with the Falcons is one
1: where we finally get to see it. Um, Scott, what else you got at the, the tight end position? Anything interesting for you?
2: Uh, just Chris Herndon's cheap. He scored in three of the last four games. Uh, you know, uh, seven and four targets, as well as two games with two targets. Uh, what
1: are we What are we making yeah. with the Jets? The the quarterback change back to uh, the old man here, um, Josh McCown
2: i don't I don't know has has that been confirmed,
1: oh yeah, uh, who's I know uh he was hurt, but yeah, he's in like a boot he's uh darnold's out, so it's gonna be Josh McCown tossing the rock around
2: uh potentially upgrade robbie anderson they they had a great rapport mm. uh last season um. That could have just been an offensive coordinator thing, but Mm -hmm. that's the only immediate reaction for me.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. That game is pretty garbage overall. But, hey, uh, Robbie Anderson, I think he won someone a million dollars already this year. He might be able to do it again uh, at low ownership. So uh, I think that's going to about do it for this show. We've got the Roto World show uh, coming up next. Uh, If you guys are looking for some football talk on a Wednesday night or uh, for all you people that listen on podcasts, uh, you know, tune into that Roto World show as well. Uh, Tyler, you got any final thoughts on the slate? Uh, I'll do another human call and go
3: with uh, Mike Jasecki this week. If you're going oh, for the one you're tight really end punt.
1: Uh, that, you're, you're pushing your luck on that one. <laughs> I
3: am. I am. This is going to come back to bite me.
1: <laughs> this one for sure. Uh, Scott, you got a you know a, a bold call. You already tried one with Josh Gordon on another podcast. Uh, let's get another bold call here.
2: Oh man, um, that that's probably
1: all I got. I'm not really a bold call guy. Sorry. Uh, all right. I'll,
2: I'll, I'll have some exposure to uh, to Nick Mullins. I'll say that.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Nick Mullins. uh, Interesting. All right. We're going to get on out of here. Thanks to all you for watching and listening. Uh,
2: Oh, that's Monday night.
1: Yeah. No (laughs) call. Sorry guys. Uh, On the the Thursday night slate. Hey, people play the Thursday night slate. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening and watching, however you take this in. Uh, We just want to say thanks from all of us here at Roto-Grinders for tuning into all the shows. Uh, For Scott uh, and Tyler over at Pro Football Focus, uh, thanks to them for joining me. I'm Britt and uh, we out you guys.